Welcome, one and all, to Lower Decks, a Star Trek podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial Star Trek podcast. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hailing frequencies are open. Hello, Matt. Hello, everybody. Here today to talk about Season 3 of Star Trek Lower Decks. Meanwhile, in another galaxy far, far away, just yesterday, we... Uh, did our podcast coverage of Andor Episode 9. Uh, really continuing to enjoy that show, that darker turn, which each week has been leavened by the lighter Star Trek turn. Uh, and now, of course, the lighter Star Trek turns running out this week uh, as we wrap up Season 3. Yes, but Star Trek Prodigy is back there, Matt. So uh, we, we don't podcast it week to week. We will uh, talk about it eventually. Uh, so may want to check that out if you need your Star Trek fix beyond our discussion today. Certainly, I'm impressed that it seems, Pete, I'll say it seems the PR people, the social media machine, etc., has only continued to raise the profile of Prodigy. Uh, and I think, you know, even though I'm not bored, uh, um, I'm not on board with the show week to week. I think, uh, you know, a credit to all involved. They're continuing to keep people interested and involved particularly at a time, Pete, when the other Star Trek animated show has now uh, finished its season. And uh, we'll spend a little time now looking back at uh, at the highs of it and any potential lows. Possibly the smartest Star Trek show, pound for pound, with what Prodigy has done. Um, that's going to keep me tuning in at this point. So as for Lower Decks specifically here, let's start with this, Pete. I think that we can look back the entire season and while we can chart a course through things that tied the season together overall, you know, I'm thinking the Rutherford story, the Admiral Buena Amigo, uh, when he's Admiral, his flashback, his secret flashback history and so forth. I think it's fair to say that they made this season with less of a desire to really sit and go, this is a standalone, this is a serial episode, and kind of merge the two and be a little bit more freeform. Yes, I think they were obviously telling us up front with the Rutherford story and that you fold in Buen Amigo to that. I mean, really, they could have grabbed anybody to be the faceless person there revealed i mean they changed the voice up which was a little bit of a you know right turn but uh yeah i i think they did what they set out to is it the best lower deck season i i don't think so i think that's behind and possibly still ahead i think too they I think they earned in the first two seasons the ability to say we are now for we for season three are now firmly ensconced in the middle the middle age of the show. Um, that's not to suggest that it's you know going to get old and boring. Just you know we're in the middle of the series now, so we can we can kind of prove ourselves a little bit less. I mean, I'm trying to word it in a way I'm not down on this season at all. I just think. You know, for example, if you think of the, uh, you know, a mathematically perfect redemption, the, you know, the episode that features our regular characters as supporting characters in the third act, um, obviously it's not appropriate to do an episode like that in a first season. I would kind of say maybe in the second season as well, it's not as appropriate. So I think 
to to sit and say let's do it the audience will stick with us let's find different points let's do a full-on sequel to crisis point um let's shine a light on some of the characters that people are saying that they wish were used more like tendy and her uh science officer training a little bit more time for dr miglimo things like that i kind of welcome it again did i love this season as much as season two no i didn't but i'm also glad that we're you know we're kind of not show building at this point we're show existing and that that's a good place to be too it is and i think they've done a good job of knowing when to move forward and then knowing when, like you said, with a crisis point to go back to a greatest hit and to, uh, you know, build ever so uh, more with that. Pete, I know that heading into the season, we were wondering uh, how long the, the, the trial of mom would be. Um, and the notion that, uh, She's back in the one episode, you know, within the one episode, the, the season three premiere. Um, I kind of feel like, oh, right, it's lower decks where somebody is killed off and it really in the first season really hurts. And back in the second season with not a lot of, um, you know, not a lot of uh, explanation. That's just part of the, the charm of the show that you can feel the feels at the end of season two and go, what a season finale. But let's not forget it's living in the world of 90s TV you know, it's kind of living in the shadow of it. So, of course, they're not going to do a five-episode thing where there's where they're toying with us and where there's a temporary captain and where no people don't like him and he's a regular Jellico and all of that. Let's just get back to the show we want. Yeah, I think it was a definite misdirect to solve that as quick as they did. Um, but it was what the series demanded to again move forward to tell this longer arc you couldn't have that one hanging over it i do think too as i look at this episode list like let's work backwards here obviously episode 10 stars at night obviously that you know is part and parcel with the rutherford story and you know the evil admiral and so forth um ditto with episode nine admiral buen amigo appears in it he's hoping for the the um you know for project swing by to fail um you also have aspects of that again kind of in retrospect i mean we're told like ah ha ha the d space nine mission was actually you were set up to fail Mm -hmm. so again like did it feel like it watching it that that was a thing okay i'm sure when we go back i must confess to you i don't know if admiral buen amigo appears in that episode but like knowing that he's the one handing out the the orders for it and so forth that makes the sixth episode part of the season arc ditto with episode five where we get red rutherford and all of that um to a certain degree ditto for the spa episode room for growth episode four not that it's necessarily admiral buen amigo with evil stuff but it's like part of captain freeman's follies and so forth so again i'm trying to word this in a way where i'm not it's, it's not damned by faint praise I appreciate that this season they gave us something a little different. I mean, I'm thinking of some of the next generation, the middle of that show, you know, like, for example, the Riker is in a mind torture prison in a play in a prison in a play. You don't do that in the first two seasons. In the first two seasons, you do Navy space battles and you do, wait, prime directive, yes or no. The show needs to mature to a point where you are breaking the form. And I feel like if... 
if Lower Decks is a show that's going to go, let's just pick a number, six seasons, seven seasons, like TNG, I, again, to say there's a season arc that you didn't know until the end of the season, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah, I think the first two seasons would have been too soon to pursue this Rutherford storyline fully. You hinted at it, now you do it. And that it's broken across the season in two halves. That the fifth episode is the one that discloses secret backstory, but only to a point. And then the second half of the season fully informs that secret backstory. Um Apart from the things that they seed going forward, that we get a, you know, quick, badgy post-credit clip at the end of the season. So more coming there. Agamus and Peanut Hamper, you know, do you, do you start season four with that? You're going back to it at some point. I don't think they'd reach past what they've been given. We know that they've been given publicly a fourth season. So you have to imagine that that all happens there. Um, but I, I think it was a fairly tightly constructed season. Again, my favorite? No. Um, but that's not to say there weren't great things done. My season long theory. Oh, man, they will do the handoff to strange new worlds in some way, whether it's the time ribbon, the, you know, Valeron gas explosion, the, whatever it is. Okay. That didn't come to pass. So we can reasonably assume that strange new world season two will be in the spring summer of 2023. And we can reasonably assume that lower decks will be back as it has for the first three seasons in August. So late summer, 2023, so I guess the next time we will see Boimler and Mariner, it will be there. Any thoughts, Pete, on how they get there, seeing as how they're, to my mind, unless it's yet another secret story arc here, to my mind, there hasn't been the thing like, well, let's go out and go do that thing, Mariner. And we say, oh, well, they're in the shuttle by themselves. That's going to be the thing. So how do they get to Strange New Worlds? I think that'll be part of that story. How have they shown up here and how does it connect back rather than they're going to do something on the show and then we'll see you on strange new worlds. Um, so I think that'll be part of telling the story, the crossover, if you will. And in terms of lower deck season four, you know, part of the, the season long discussion this season, not just between us, but also with our with our listeners and feedback and so forth. It's kind of been this creative tension between growing the characters organically and returning back to that episodic thing where, you know, they're all lower deckers and they're starting out and they're all in the Cerritos and that sort of thing. We've now had Mariner go from getting close to kicked off this ship at the beginning of the first season to kind of strong, you know, more, more of a strong presence in it. End of, you know, or amidst season two, the search for mom, uh, or, you know, the loss of mom, at the end of season two, the search for mom, beginning of season three and so forth. Mariner leaving Mariner back. Is there story room for Mariner to wonder about her place in Starfleet and her place on this ship is that a tired game can we do it again what are your thoughts I think that they've now had her leave once to do it again runs the risk of you know laboring um, 
you know, she had her fling with the archaeology thing. She's come back and, and really the, the season long theme about this found family, you know, the family you have and the, the family you, you choose. Um, and the show does a really good job of both. I guess time will tell for the other lower deckers. I mean, Tendi making her way up and Rutherford and uh, Boimler with kind of similarly uh, unmarred records. So I guess we'll see what the we'll see what season holds. But Pete, let's talk favorites here. What were some of your favorites of the season and some of your high points in general? I don't know how you don't look at the Deep Space Nine episode, hear all, trust nothing, and, and not have that as a favorite to bring back uh not a visitor and um uh armin shimmerman here um to have the moments that they get at the same time servicing our lower decks crew uh smack dab in the middle of the season i i think that's an all-time great moment for this show as a whole let alone the season I would add to that the episode that comes after it, A Mathematically Perfect Redemption. Just the the wonder in watching something, you know, strange and new, if I may borrow <laughs> a, another Star Trek fa- a phrase. Um, add to it, you know, I was, I was aware while I was watching that, you know, animation is expensive. It's not as expensive as live action, but that's part of the appeal. So, like, stay in your animation cost lane and so forth and i don't know to what degree in the process of making an animated season somebody comes and says hey money is a little tight for episode x um can we use exist you know, how much can we use existing stuff how much just as in live action how much can we you know use the existing backgrounds that we have and perhaps even existing character cycles like let's take half the crew of engineering and just have them pushing buttons hey it's already animated let's go I don't know how much that's a, that's an, a factor in animation, but I know this three quarters, 80%, 90% of a mathematically perfect redemption was brand new animation and probably stuff that you're not going to be reusing. Um, that in and of itself is going out on the thin ice a little bit where any one of these other episodes, again, if you have a time or a money crunch, you sit and go, I mean, maybe with a deep space nine being an exception, but if you sit and go, Oh man, the Rutherford, the Red Rutherford flashback scene. Uh, we need to change. We need to change the setting of it just for for time wise. Okay, guess what? His Delta Flyer barn looks like a shuttle bay. Boom, problem solved. I don't think anybody would particularly complain. You can't do that when you come up with a brand new planet, brand new people, brand new culture, and all of that with the uh, Aerori. And again. Was that my favorite episode of the season? I mean, not kind of like emotionally, although Pete, I think I'll never forget seeing Peanut Hamper and <laughs> her her lover um, enjoy each other physically. Um, but you know, it's again, I welcome take me to take me to new places while still making it authentically familiar, which is the you know, which is the geek nerd cry that we want, and, and there it was. And funny. I mean, it's probably the least star trek of all the episodes this season maybe as the series uh you know has had to this point um but man eminently watchable 
and you come again to that end scene where peanut hamper gets deposited um, in the self-aware megalomaniacal computer storage at the daystrom institute with all those others we've seen before and agabus and you know the dreams of the team up and how that's going to go down you know can't wait how about any lower points for you i think you know there was a little bit of a lull after the premiere where we solved the the search for mom that it, it went so quick i think the least dangerous game and and mining the mines mines episodes two and three were were kind of a lull point to this season the the great news is that it picked up after that i will say well first of all i will i will agree like i kind of look back and go uh like i had a similar sentiment even before you were saying that then looking at the episode list here you know the first episode after mom is back is called the least dangerous game which which is a fun episode don't get me wrong in fact if anything it's kind of maybe there's your self-contained episode um but just again point being it's like it's a much lower stakes emotionally than than the prior several episodes i'll also say and maybe this is unfair to call a negative something that is absent um but i don't know given the great success across the board for uh the three ships episode in season two including it being a a hugo award nominee and so forth i do think it was a storytelling it was a missed opportunity to not do a three ships uh sequel in this now could it be three different ships completely three different you know whatever you want that to look like um i think we all said "Ooh, crisis point two yes i'm on board for that even if it's going to be somehow familiar um let's make that a a a yearly thing i would have liked to see i mean like three ships is such a perfect it's a perfect lower decks episode that's the episode that you could show to somebody to sell them on the show even though you know a good portion of it is focused away from um away from the lower decks experience it's kind of like this is what star trek can look like in lower decks and so forth so again to me a a bit of a negative was the absence of a three shift sequel yeah and all right so we get to lynn at the end of the season perhaps if they had not talked so much about how they were going to return to characters from that you know, maybe series high point episode in season two at this point, um, then it would have been a little bit more of a surprise instead of like, oh, she's here and uh, she wants to go talk someplace uh, just to marry her because she's overwhelmed. Pete, any predictions for season four beyond what we've covered so far? Any thoughts about where the show could go? Heck, let me start with this. Uh, I'll dust off my theory in reverse. Do we get a Strange New Worlds showing up in Lower Decks in some way? I can't rule it out. And I think that's the unpredictability of the show. We, we would have never seen the idea of a, of a Lower Decks crossover, of an animated crossover to live action, uh, particularly with Strange New Worlds. And that, that, that's been confirmed. And now, you know, how could you possibly rule out them going the other way i can't um as far as 
what I can predict that they've now acknowledged this interest in command, particularly a captaincy for Tendi, I think will continue to build upon that and, and put her in command positions to see how that plays out and to find the humor there. Do you think maybe, particularly as the supporting cast, as the tertiary cast grows and grows, do we maybe get slightly less screen time for Mariner and Boimler? Uh, again, kind of in that Deep Space Nine kind of aesthetic where you go, oh man, Cisco is barely in this episode because it was about, you know, uh, Quark and uh, the Klingon opera guy. I mean, I could certainly see that. They'll remain at the core and that they're the two that they're spinning into uh, strange new worlds. Not all four of them really says something. Um, but again, to have uh, Tendi and Rutherford get enough of their own stories serviced. You know, if, if there's a regret I have for this season, Dr. Tana is my favorite character just because of the craziness and you know the the performance and i wanted more that they've teased about the backstory losing the tail everything there i mean think of the uh the episode when they're in the holodeck and you know they wind up observing her and shacks uh it's just great great stuff it's it's unbalanced. It's it's not equaled in that episode, um, but I want more of that. I think what the show does really well is makes hysterical moments out of characters that aren't on the screen as much. I would predict that season for season four and for the you know for for the life of the show, we're gonna stay put on the Cerritos. Uh, we're gonna stay put. I mean, I. I suppose at a certain point you need to have people rank up a little bit, but that could be the lower decker crew. I don't think there's any story benefit to, you know, well, Shax has been, or even better, uh, Ransom has been a commander for four seasons. Logically, he must rank up and therefore leave the show. Like, no, you can just do the, the Riker route. You can have him reference the Riker route. I'm happy where I'm at and so forth. I'm turning down commands left and right. Um... I think this was the season that really solidified we have this episodic uh, DNA here. Yes, there are major serial aspects to it. Maybe that's the emotional draw, but we are looking to kind of reset at the end of each episode, at the end of each season, and and that's okay, and we can we can embrace that. They've had a really good balance between, like you said before, that 90s aesthetic that the shows are self-contained at the same time, the serialized format, and it's not over-reliant in either direction. Um, so it gives them a lot of options as far as branching the storytelling and, and, you know, moving that story football forward, but at the same time taking us week to week. Let's take a look here at our Twitter poll to see, uh, indeed, Pete, we asked people to rate what they thought uh, of this season, um, the one the the top choice that this was the number one lower deck season, I uh, got fifty one point one percent. People ranking it second to season two, twenty two point two percent, and then the third best season, which would be last place, uh, was twenty six point seven percent. 
I'm moving on to some comments here. Uh, Jackie Wolf on Twitter said, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Gene would have loved this show. I love Lower Decks. Uh, she's got those little clap emojis in between there. And I mentioned that, Pete, because she then goes on to say, second only to hearing Matt try to read emoji in auditory format, uh, blushing giggle emoji. <laughs> Teehee. <laughs> Next, we hear from JT Adkins. JTA is me. These are certainly firing on all. Uh, they are certainly firing on all thrusters. I continue to find myself surprised at how good the comedy is, while at the same time, the classically Star Trek narrative is interesting as well. Uh, well, I haven't been able to watch in a timely uh, while. I haven't been able to watch in a timely fashion to participate much in the online discussions with my fantastic friends. Much to my dismay, it has been a great season of Lower Decks. Next, we hear from at Snow Goggles, who says, I absolutely love this show and will do a full rewatch in the offseason. So many references that you folks catch and some that I catch uh, make it so rich, plus great characters, uh, a great addition to the Trek fold. Pete, I will echo that, that, you know, if you're, whether it's a lead up to Picard, whatever it might be, the lead up to Lower Decks uh, season four, whenever it is that you want to do a rewatch, what's nice about these short episodes is, you know, it could be a couple of days and you go through the whole season arc uh, and, and you kind of get to, you know, you get it in full force. Yeah. And it, it's not overpowering. A, a comedy shouldn't, but it gives you enough to chew on, um, you know, some of the longer story ideas. Penultimately here, Arya needs a spinoff. That's at KCLYLE1 on Twitter says... Third is the best, in my opinion. Seems to me there's a good mix of stories for individuals, even Peanut Hamper and the Lower Decks crew together, and some real standout episodes. This show deserves as many episodes as TNG, DS9, or Voyager. So, Pete, we're talking like the the 120 range there, uh, which would mean, what, 10 seasons? Sure, it could go <laughs> 10 seasons, absolutely. There's nothing preventing the show from going 10 seasons. There's not. Um, I think it'd be super unlikely. Uh, you know, about to finish up The Walking Dead. I don't think Lower Decks will have that long a run. I also don't think The Walking Dead should have that long a run. Lastly, Pete, from Captain Funnest Frontier, that's at Dex Lower. I love this season. P.S. I'm so intrigued by the after credit scene. I'm so excited for season four. So, Pete, if nothing else, we can guarantee the return of Badgie. Bring on Badgie. I'm surprised they've waited as long as they have that they did. You know, that we got an Agamus in between. Um, you know, is is there an unholy alliance between the three of them? Is 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 Badgie the one that springs them? Pete to the email inbox we go where Stacy has reached out. She says, Hi Matt and Pete. Somehow I could never manage to get my thoughts in by Star Trek Sunday. I will admit that most of that was due to my not getting my crap together. But there were multiple weeks that it took two or three attempts to watch an episode because Paramount Plus crashed so much. Pete, let me pause Stacy's words and say I would definitely reach out to customer service over that. I think one of the times I complained about something or other, they they comped me a month, um, which might be less valuable now that unless Stacy's watching Prodigy. But yeah, I'd reach out. Um, I, I will say, Pete, it's been a while. I think it was only once or twice this season that I had to, uh, on my fire stick, go into how you can close an app, which takes some clicking to then restart Paramount Plus. So it's getting better. Don't jinx us. <laughs> uh, back to Stacy's words here. This specific e email was sabotaged by my cat who stepped on the keyboard and erased everything I typed. 
But app and feline issues aside, I really like this season. Of course, I was primed to like the show. It's no accident that my Twitter handle is TrekGirl88. I was on a rewatch of TNG when I joined. But the first episode of season one was rough. I tried to watch it three times before I decided that perhaps this was the one Trek show that wasn't for me. Then my sister, who's younger than me, but also smarter in a lot of ways, said, why don't you just skip that episode and see if you like episode two? She was enjoying it and thought I would too. She was right, and I binged uh, seasons one and two pretty quickly. I think each season has gotten better, and especially loved all the references to other Trek shows. The Deep Space Nine episode was my favorite, but I also loved Bold Boimler. They gave Mariner a great arc, needing to leave Starfleet to know that's where she belongs. Oh, well, it's getting late, and Lita, the cat, is threatening to step on the keyboard again. I had, uh, I had a hard enough time trying to recreate my thoughts once, so I'll just say I'm looking forward to Season 4, the crossover with Strange New Worlds, and, as always, your thoughts. Pete, that's from Stacy, a.k.a. Stingray, a.k.a. TrekGirl88 on Twitter. Lita is a great name for a cat. <laughs> Indeed. And, Pete, as we start to wrap up the season here, of course, uh, a reminder uh, for people to... Stay subscribed to the Lower Decks feed, um, particularly you never know when show news is going to be right around the corner. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it was that random January day when all of a sudden it was the greatest Star Trek day ever and everything was renewed and everything was coming and everything had dates and all of that. So you never know when there's going to be more Lower Decks around the corner. Could come at any time. And of course, our entire outing this season has been made possible by those who support us on Patreon.com slash Geek keeping us listeners supported particularly uh for the months of september and october dribbling over here into november where there's been so much content to podcast so much bandwidth storage and so forth so our eternal thanks to them everybody who contributes gets access to exclusive podcast content all sorts of levels to pick from it takes just a dollar to get you behind that door can't contribute this month get yourself over to apple Podcasts and leave us a rating or a review which helps us just as much and pete let's keep the conversation going uh twitter's one way there are other <laughs> ways but how can people reach out to you on the the the, the little bird app that could you can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 12,676 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, do be in touch with the podcast. Comment on FantasticGeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with a PH, all one word, like it today. Pete, on the Pop Culture Podcast feed next week, we'll be talking Andor, uh, as well as, towards the end of the weekend, maybe Marvel Monday, uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. The next Star Trek discussion, I guess, will be dependent on Star Trek news. Will there be shocking stuff to be revealed in Prodigy that will shake us off into that into that show in November and December? Certainly, uh, Picard Season 3 previews coming in the new year ahead of that show. Uh, resuming on February 16th. For now, though, I will say adios to all the listeners and give you, Pete, the final Lower Deck Season 3 word. Talk to you soon. She never fails to take my breath away. I wish I could kiss her and squeeze her. Excuse me?